0: How do we know when the world is moving in the wrong direction, or the right direction for that matter? We look for signals, and a lot of them, that are consistent with Eurodollar cycles. Now what are Eurodollar cycles? These are periods when monetary, financial, economic indications all seem to align in one direction or the other. The one direction is recession, deflation, trouble in the economy, trouble across the world, really. And the other is really nothing more than reflationary periods, a relaxation in those negative pressures. But we see a broad survey of financial, monetary, and economic circumstances that tell us one direction or the other. And I'll give you a recent example, a recent set of examples of dollar cycle indications. We've talked about a lot of these in recent videos, talking about interest rate swap spreads. Let's start there. Interest rate swap spreads are a key indications uh, indication of monetary conditions among money dealers in particular. Collateral as well as balance sheet capacities, especially balance sheet constraints, we see swap spreads compress, which means they become more negative. And interest rate swap spreads have become more negative since around late July, actually July twenty-fourth. The ten-year, the five years since July twenty-sixth, the thirty-year maturity, those spreads are moving down and moving down in a noticeable fashion. But it's not just interest rate swap spreads becoming more negative. We also correlate that with something like Japanese government bills, which again a collateral indication since the middle, since the early part of August, and really August twenty-eighth. There's a date that shows up. In addition to those, I've talked about Italy to Germany spreads, as well as here's another one the US dollar exchange value going up against India's rupee. India's rupee had been relatively stable, or at least bouncing above a floor that the Reserve Bank of India seemed to put under the rupee around 82.75, 82.80 for almost an entire year. But ever since going up and topping out on july 24th just like interest rate swap spreads the indian rupee has fallen below that floor to hit new record lows over the last several months so that's a consistent indicator too and india has even thrown in one other just to add to the correlation and that is official indian reserves Those peaked back in the middle of July, the week before the rupee started to go lower, the week before swap spreads, two weeks before Japanese government bills and Italy bond spreads, and all of these consistently sending us euro dollar cycle type signals. So as Indians spend or use their reserve balances, this is not just bond prices going down, the rupee falls, interest rate swap spreads compress even more, the US dollar goes up in exchange value against other things. We get collateral indications, as I said, consistent with, unfortunately, Euro dollar cycles. So let's talk about Euro dollar cycles. And then after that, where do we see other indications that might be consistent with those Euro dollar cycles, including a new one that just showed up recently? But first, I'm Jeff, this is Euro University. Thank you very much for joining me. If you're interested on Friday and you want to join me again, a special webinar. We're going to be talking about the dollar. Is it replaceable? What is it that foreigners are trying to actually replace and what do they need to replace if they do really want to replace the dollar? And believe it or not, this this relates to the euro dollar cycles because if you're outside the United States trying to use the euro dollar as reserve currency and the euro dollar continues to go into these repeated cycles, you're not gonna be happy about your own circumstances. So we're gonna talk about the king dollar and how long it might remain king and why it has remained king for as long as it has. There's a link to the webinar in the description of this video. I do hope to see you there. Eurodollar cycles. Now to clear up any misconceptions you might have, these are not cycles, they're not regular cycles like the, the moon traveling around the earth or the earth traveling around the sun. There's not some hidden mysticism here. We're expecting regularity to these cycles. Essentially, as I stated in the opening, what these are are periods when we see consistent indications that align in one direction or the other. And because these are repeated problems, they continue to happen over and over again. So it's not a regular cycle, though there does seem to be some regularity to it. It's mostly going back and forth, swinging between one direction and then coming back to the other, sort of like what any uh, complex system does over time. So there have been five Eurodollar cycles thus far, and we're in the middle of the fifth one, or actually we're in some, some, some part of the fifth one. The first Euro dollar cycle, well, the very first Euro dollar cycle was actually 1997 and 98, what we call the Asian financial crisis. It was at least Asian, but like 2008 and, 2000, and 2008 forward, it wasn't a, really a financial crisis so much as a regional dollar shortage. In many ways, the 1997 98 regional dollar shortage was a precursor to the big one that happened 2007 into 2008. August 9th of 2007 to be specific. So Eurodollar number one, what people call the global financial crisis, was really a global dollar shortage. It was the first Eurodollar uh, breakdown. You can even ask Ben Bernanke when he finally got his head out of his butt in February 2010. He admitted We had problems outside the United States, in the Eurodollar system, though we didn't use the term Eurodollar, global funding problems that spilled over into the US and required the Federal Reserve to haplessly try to respond to it and never being able to really do so. So we have all sorts of obviously consistent symptoms about Eurodollar number one, 2008 crisis. And a lot of these symptoms, as we'll go over today, relate to collateral. If you had to describe the 2008 crisis in one short term, you wouldn't want to do that because it was complicated. But if you had to, you would call it a collateral shortage. And it was only the first one. And as we'll see here, these, the indications and the symptoms all seem to point toward Collateral problems that then lead to wider issues with not just financial systems, but also really the economy that has been bearing the brunt of these repeated euro dollar cycles. The second one, the second euro dollar cycle showed up around 2010. We got the first real indication of it. So maybe euro dollar 2A and 2B. So if you remember the flash crash in May of 2010. That wasn't really about the S and P 500 nor computer trading. That was about Greek bonds that were ha- that were causing all sorts of problems in global repo markets. The way we talk about Italy, Germany spreads today, well, Greek spreads used to make the same difference back then. So we had it wasn't a European sovereign debt crisis so much as like 2008 was a collateral shortage. Well, with European certain uh, certain big sectors of the European sovereign debt markets become coming under question. And being reevaluated and being revalued, it was another collateral shortage. Even if it was euro denominated, it still had that direct impact and spillover across the euro dollar system. So that was euro dollar number two. It showed up, the full part of it showed up in March or April of 2011, as QE2 was ongoing, by the way. So we had a massive breakdown in 2011, euro dollar number two, which was in many ways really devastating because. Coming so close after the original Eurodollar number one, it really drove the point home that this was not going to be just a one-off, that the 2008 crisis couldn't just be left behind so easily and the implications we're still trying to live with to this day. In fact, as I mentioned in another recent video about China and its experience with the silent depression, it was really Eurodollar number two that convinced them, uh uh-oh, This is different. The entire world system is now different. Third euro dollar, euro dollar number three. That there was symptoms of that one in the summer of 2013, while everybody was enamored with the taper tantrum, which wasn't really a taper tantrum. Underneath the surface, there behind all that, we saw some repo market indications, collateral shortages again. There as early as February 2013, and if you remember the fall of 2013, we started to see emerging market currencies, in particular, those started to decline against the U.S. dollar that was beginning to rise again. And really, the start of 2014 is when Eurodollar number three really began. It really started to hit its its full stride there, and one of the key indications there, of course, was China's yuan, which was everybody thought was going to rise forever. Suddenly, that rolled over and started to go lower too. And it also Eurodollar number three also included. The um, October 15th of 2014, the buying panic in U.S. Treasury is just driving the point home about collateral and the nature of these euro dollar cycles. So that was the third one, euro dollar number three, um, heavy influence on Asia as well as emerging markets. Euro dollar number four everybody thought was trade wars it was described as trade wars it showed up again symptoms in 2017 late 2017 but really from the outset of 2018 and of course the timing there trade wars that seemed to be the it seemed to be a logical conclusion when you don't see these euro dollar cycles and all of the indications that come from them but it wasn't really about trade wars it was again Collateral. We had collateral indications show up right from the start of 2018. Uh, we had a big one. Italy to Germany spreads in May of 2018, especially May 29th, at like October 15th of 2014. A huge collateral indication there. we got inverted euro dollar futures. Let's not forget Urjit Patel, the former head of the Reserve Bank of India in June of 2018, who said, dollar funding has evaporated. Now, he blamed the Federal Reserve in quantitative tightening as well as raising rates, but we know it was about another collateral squeeze, including not just Italy to Germany spread and Italian bonds as a huge part of the collateral uh, system, but also euro bonds. There had been heavy euro bond issuance in 2016 and 2017 that in 2018, a lot of people were saying, oops, that was a mistake there too. And Eurodollar number 4 continued on even though the Fed was pretending it wasn't there. They continued to hike rates until 2019 when it became clear in the aftermath of 20 of Eurodollar number 4 that conditions globally were not going the way they were supposed to because of Eurodollar number 4, not trade wars, and Eurodollar number 4 ended into the pandemic period and COVID Eurodollar number five, that actually, we got symptoms of that in the middle of 2021. Again, consistent signals. Um, And then throughout 2022, as conditions worsened, we got lots more consistent Eurodollar cycle signals up until, you know, September and October, major breakdown there in 2022. The last part of 2022 under the cloud of recession, slowdown in China that was not about the lockdowns. then of course, 2023, what have we seen? Persistent questions about the economy, even here in the U.S., which everybody's convinced is a resilient system and resilient uh, condition right now. China, which obviously did not reopen. But more than that, consistent euro-dollar cycle signals and indications, rising dollar, swap spreads, as we mentioned, all the stuff that goes with telling us that the world continues to move in the euro dollar cycle direction, not the reflation direction. In the euro dollar cycle direction, that's where you get into economic and further consequences beyond strictly, say, the rising dollar or falling swap spreads. So let's talk about what these indications are. So the big one, the yield curve, it's an easy, simple one. And when you look at the yield curve during the euro dollar cycles, what you see is that nominal rates tend to decline, but it's not really about nominal rates. It's more about the shape of the yield curve. So in the earlier Eurodollar cycles before Eurodollar number four, you saw nominal rates decline and the yield curve would flatten because short-term rates were still stuck around zero. So it was the yield curve going from steepening to flattening that suggested the euro dollar cycle of flattening. And then, of course, Eurodollar number four, we did get into inversion because short term rates were rising. In euro dollar number five, we've been heavily inverted for basically the entire time during it. In addition to the yield curve, we've got money curves or forward rate curves. We talked about uh, uh, euro dollar futures up until April of 2023, in which they stopped trading. Now we've got term SOFR futures, which I'm not convinced those are going to be good indications. But anyway, there's money curves, there's SOFR futures, there's Euriber futures, which are a little bit better. But the money curves, they behave in the same fashion where you see the curve either steepen or flatten and invert. It flattens and inverts during these euro dollar cycles. Uh, the US dollar exchange value, that's a big one, that's an easy one to follow. Um, Usually when the U.S. dollar exchange value, because of the euro dollar, is rising, it's going to be rising not against one or two currencies, it's going to be rising against most of the currency. So if the U.S. dollar exchange value goes up, that's probably consistent with the euro dollar cycle and all these other indications. Uh, We see tips break-evens, inflation expectations, or consumer price expectations. Those tend to be declining or low during euro dollar cycles. Interest rate swap spreads, that's one I mention all the time because it tells us something very important about two key components to these Eurodollar cycles. That is dealer balance sheet capacities and constraints. And the other one, again, that unites all of these things, collateral. We see heavy doses of collateral indications during these Eurodollar cycles. And that includes something called the FX basis. I've talked about the FX market and how important that is. Well, there's usually collateral involved there too. Um, dealer holdings of U.S. Treasuries. Money dealers tend to hoard U.S. Treasuries, especially the coupons during Eurodollar cycles. So then another collateral indication. Repo fails. Repo fails are somewhat fickle. They're somewhat inconsistent, but they do tend to rise or break out in specific periods during euro dollar cycles. So that was certainly the case in 2022. And even though we haven't seen as many in 2023, there's still some consistency there as well, um, continuing with collateral treasury bill prices. That's one we talked about a lot. Treasury bills become high, in high demand whenever collateral is short. We certainly saw that in, right from the start in Eurodollar number one. It wasn't about bank reserves and the level of the Fed and the level of Fed intervention. It was about collateral shortage and everybody piling into the best of the best collateral. So if you see treasury bill prices go way up, especially in relation to other money market and money alternative indications, that's a collateral sign. A foreign holdings of US treasuries that they keep on in custody with the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. Quite simply, foreign holdings of treasuries tend to disappear during Eurodollar cycles because foreign governments and reserve managers are busy using those treasuries for other purposes related to these dollar shortages. Um, moving outside, I mean copper to gold. That one is a very consistent one. And if you look at it over the long run, copper to, the copper to gold ratio is highly correlated with interest rate swaps, in particular the 30-year maturity. And copper to gold tells us something about financial conditions or perceptions of financial conditions, as well as economic conditions. That's the copper part versus the gold as a hedge part. And here's another one: credit spreads. Credit spreads have tended to rise and rise quite substantially. During euro dollar cycles, so we get all of these financial indications. There's a couple other smaller ones that I've left out here, but they tend to move in one direction and in alignment, which gives us our euro dollar cycles and the a pretty strong, pretty strong, and compelling evidence for them when the vast majority of these are doing the same thing. the same time and a lot of these are related to collateral because collateral is that important in the overall scheme of the euro dollar system and it makes sense that we would have these repeating euro dollar cycles because collateral is maybe the weak spot because participants during these reflationary periods or the pre-crisis period in particular what they do is they allow bad collateral to infect the system they get taking risk they get more optimistic they'd say Let's look at these junk euro bonds and accept them on values that we're going to regret later on. Of course, they don't know they're going to regret it until we get into these euro dollar cycles. And what that does is a couple things. Not only does it poison the collateral pool to begin with at the start of these euro dollar cycles, it also links collateral to conditions in the overall economy because perceptions of junk collateral rise and fall with economic circumstances. So it creates this self-reinforcing feedback loop where you have junk collateral that starts to get doubted, that creates monetary problems that then impact the economy and that impact on the economy then causes us to look at the junk collateral again and the cycle repeats all over. So, collateral is not only cyclical with the general, synced up with the general economy, it is also a huge part of these euro dollar cycles because we never really learn these lessons. And the reason we never le- really learn these lessons is there is a safe asset shortage, believe it or not. I know that's hard for many people to believe given the fact that the US government is issuing debt like crazy, but there is relative to the overall monetary needs of the system. And remember, not all treasuries trade. Only a fraction of them actually trade regularly and are usable as collateral. But essentially, the needs of the system require more collateral than is supplied by governments. And sadly, government bonds are the safest, most liquid. But essentially, the system looks for other ways to, to uh, increase the supply of collateral. And that, that leads to these, these reflationary periods where we're adding junk bonds and lower quality credit. So as the euro dollar cycles turn, we get lower quality credit, we, we move into the, the consequences of them in terms of macroeconomic as well as financial uh, problems. So back to our current position, I've talked about interest rate swap spreads, I've talked about the rising US dollar, not just against the Indian rupee or the China's, China's yuan, but pretty much all the currencies around the world. And remember, your dollar cycles are not a singular cycle. They're not monolithic either. There's many cycles within the cycle where we go back and forth because nothing ever goes in a straight line. So we had lots of Eurodollar cycle indications in 2022. And then when China reopened early 2023, some of those Eurodollar cycle indications backed off. But that didn't mean the cycle was over. It just means we were ebbs and flows within the cycle. And then later in 2023, of course, we had the banking crisis. And then now we have the summer. We have a lot more Eurodollar cycle indications piling up. So interest rate swap spreads, U.S. dollar exchange value, Italy to Germany spread, which is still over 200 basis points, that's a bad one, Japanese government bills, the three-month bill is still minus 21 basis points, that's a collateral one, Uh, and now there's one more that suggests we need to pay attention here, and that's credit spreads. Now, it isn't a huge move by any means, but it is the most substantial reverse and rise in credit spreads in U.S. dollar credit spreads and some Eurobond credit spreads, too, since the banking crisis in March. So it adds another element of pressure and another element on top of all these others consistent with Eurodollar cycles that we look at in October, 2023, and it suggests we're still moving in the wrong direction. We're still looking at fundamentally the consequences, implications, and likely uh, results consistent with Euro dollar cycles. And that is more economic hardship, not just around the rest of the world, but also the United States too, as well as more monetary difficulties as we try to navigate these consistent, repeated collateral problems. In October 2023, we're seeing an escalation in Euro dollar signals, as well as more and more of them becoming more and more of them really starting to align all over again. If you want to see another video I just did recently about interest rate swap spreads, check out the link below me. As always, I thank you very much for joining me. Don't forget webinar Friday evening, 6 30 p.m. Eastern time. Thank you especially to your University subscribers and our members. And until next time, take care.